I'm John, and tonight I want answers about legislators fleeing Texas and snafu in Afghanistan. Let's get this over with. I'm John Thompson. I'm John A. Vink. I'm Keith Statenfield. I'm Loretta Beavers. I'm A.J. Minnick. I'm Jennifer Sim. I'm Jim Tu. I'm Bobby Chastain. These stories tonight on John Wants Answers. John Wants Answers. Give John Answers. All right, take your calendar. It says August 18th, 2021. Well, that's when I recorded this. It's a rare Wednesday recording. Exactly. Is you it got delayed. First Wednesday recording? I think so. First one I remember. Say hello to my sidekick, Keith Satinfield. Hi, Keith. Sidekick? Is that I, what you call I, yourself? I am told I'm the best part of this show. Who told you that? Lots of people. <laughs> your friends and your wife? Uh, a guy named John. Not you, John. Another John. I'm, I'm beloved. People <laughs> ask me when I'm going to be on your show again. Do what people you ask them? you when you're going to be on your show again? They already know I'm going to be there all the time. And the show's with me win awards. Touche. Touche. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So tonight we're going to talk about legislators fleeing Texas in snafu in Afghanistan. So, wait, wait, when we get to it, this is just a thing. Snafu might be the wrong word. Okay, we'll yeah. discuss that. Just if, if you get letters, I'm <laughs> thinking that might be one of the things they mentioned to you. Fair enough, okay. So our first topic, legislators fleeing Texas. I've read in the news, that lawmakers in the state of Texas have fled the state to avoid laws being passed. That's so a what, summary. What kind of lawmakers are these? Uh, they are all Democratic legislators in the lower house in Texas. Okay, what does the lower house mean? Texas has the Texas House and the Texas Senate, and generally you call the Senate the upper house and the House the lower house. So you'd call them Only got Congress the people. Well, I don't think they call it Congress. I think they call it the Texas legislature. And why did they leave the state? Um, they left the state uh, in order to prevent the lower house, the representatives, the lower house from having a quorum to pass legislation. How many are needed for a quorum? For a special session, you have to have two-thirds of the people present to open the session. And Why is this a special session? Be, well, Texas is kind of a weird... Uh, the legislature in Texas only meets every other year for about three or four months. So they had their meeting uh, earlier in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, they gaveled that one closed either the last day of June or the around the end of June mm -hmm. when their legislative session ended. Now, the governor in Texas has the ability to call a special session. I think legislators themselves can also call a special session if enough of them sign something. But in practice, the governor calls special sessions. And the theory is a special session is supposed to be, you know, something has come up between mm -hmm. these two-year periods 
that needs urgent attention of the legislators. But for the last while, special sessions get called to pass legislation because their legislative session is not long enough to do the job of running a state the size of Texas. And so they have to call special session. But in a special session, they're there's a fixed agenda of bills they can consider. Like they can't bring up new bills. They would generally have to wait until the next regular session to do so. So the first special session in July had, I think, 11 bills that the governor had said, I urgently need the action of the Texas legislature, which adjourned two days ago, (laughs) or whatever the number was, to act on these bills. And some of those bills had been considered in the previous session and uh, had failed to get a vote or had failed to get a passing vote or had passed out of one house and not the other house. Does this mean that um, more than one third of the legislature is Democrat controlled? I think um, I think a hair more than a third of the legislature is democratically controlled. If they all leave, there's not enough people there to pass bills. There's not enough people there to call them into session. Mm-hmm. Once they've called them into session, they only need a majority to pass bills. Did all the Democratic legislators not show up? Uh, I think all of them in the lower house left the state. Um, some of them in the upper house showed up enough that the Senate got quorum, um, but some in the upper house also didn't show up. I don't think, any, I don't know if anyone in the upper house left the state. Already had quorum, so it was pointless to consider pulling Democrats in to get more than quorum. It doesn't help. These bills require both the upper and lower house to pass? Bills have to pass both houses and then get sent to the governor to be signed or not have, signed and pass into law. They have to leave the state or have they just not shown up to the Capitol? They don't have to leave the state. I mean, if they're not in the legislature, if they're not in the room, they're uh-huh. not present, they don't have quorum. But um, the legislature has a sergeant at arms. Sergeant at arms is a person who can compel attendance and show up wherever a legislator is and says, the legislature has requested your presence on the floor, madam or sir. And then pick them up and carry them okay. the legislature. And once they're physically in the room, you can point at them and say, yes, member blank is here. We have two thirds present. Let's call, let's start the session. Do they all have to be there at the same time, two thirds? Uh, I think they all have to be there at the same time at one instant in time. When one they instant in time. So if you get a person there, then it's the whole session he's considered there. Well, I think it's that you have to get two thirds present to open the session. You still have to have a, you can have a quorum call at any point in time, but I think quorum for remaining in session is a, is 50% plus one. You know, you often don't actually have a quorum on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the ways to delay things is often in the US Senate, if they just want to slow things down, someone can say, uh, I'm just wondering, do we have quorum? And they'll look around the room and there'll be six senators there. Because in practice, the senators have staff people that keep track mm-hmm. of what's going on on the floor. And then they'll have to rush out and bring everyone down from their offices where they're meeting with constituents or doing whatever they do. And then they get 
50% plus one in the room. And, oh, we have quorum. We can continue. We can go back to what we were doing 25 minutes ago. The sergeant at arms for Texas has no jurisdiction outside of Texas? Um, I'm not even sure if the sergeant at arms has jurisdiction or if that actually falls to the Texas Rangers. The okay. sergeant at arms might just be able to say to the Texas Rangers, which are their version of the state police, mm-hmm. hey. Get this guy. But the Texas Rangers went to, let's say, D.C. Her lobbyist. All right, and none of them have any police authority outside the state of Texas. So if they try to go to D.C. and get a guy, that's kidnapping. Uh, If they tried, yeah. Like, they they did this maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and a lot of them went to Oklahoma. And they, you know, sent, uh, I believe, Texas Rangers to Oklahoma and said, you guys need to come with us. And they were like, but we're not going to come with you. It was kind of a scandal at the time because the they didn't know where some of them had gone. So the Texas governor called the federal government, George Bush, who had been governor of Texas at the time, and said, hey, mm-hmm. you can the FAA help us track some private planes <laughs> to see where various people went and landed? And then they gave them that info, which is a violation of the law. Uh-huh. It kind of caused some... Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. But even so, it sounds like the Texas Rangers couldn't. They can't. Can't do anything also, outside of Texas. I mean, most Texas legislatures are not millionaires. Uh, <laughs> and since I told you the the legislature is only in, in session for four months, almost all of them have real jobs in Texas, which they definitionally are not doing probably if they're in Washington, D.C. So it's a hardship to not be able, you know, to do your job and work. Could they do a filibuster or don't they have filibusters? Um, I know the Texas Senate has filibusters, but the rules are different than the U.S. Senate. Um, Mm -hmm. In Texas, filibusters, you actually have to physically hold the floor of the Senate. Uh, You aren't allowed to leave or stop talking. Mm -hmm. Um, You aren't allowed to sit down. Uh, You aren't allowed to use the restroom. Uh, You you... aren't allowed to lean. So, you know, there have been, there have been filibusters in Texas. I think there was one a couple, within the last couple of weeks, a woman tried to, you know, filibuster the bill for 13 hours, which means she stood on the floor of the Texas Senate for 13 hours and talked about something germane to the bill. You can't read the phone book in oh, okay. like you can in the U.S. Constitution or green eggs and ham or whatever you want. Uh, and you can't lean. Um, I mean, years and years ago, there was a woman that did it in high heels for some amazing number of hours. Wow. But you're never going to get more than, you know, half a day's delay with a filibuster in texas so what kind of generally speaking what kind of bills are they trying to stop from passing i mean primarily they have said they do not want to let a set of election integrity bills pass mm-hmm. um, but you know their bills have been written by the gop in texas and essentially they make it harder to get mail and make it harder to get mail-in ballots you need you know, tighten down the rules. You can't say I would like a mail-in ballot because 
it's more convenient for me. You have to have a reason that you can't physically be and physically go to the polls on election day. Um, Would these restrict, bills uh, apply to Republicans as equally as Democrats? Uh, they would all apply equally to Republicans and Democrats, but some of them, like saying a county can only have one ballot drop-off place, is a significant hardship in Houston, which is, you know, you can drive 60 minutes and still be in the, the county that the mm -hmm. city of Houston is in. Whereas, you know, and with traffic, it might take you a couple hours to drive to the one ballot drop-off that's in your county. Wow. Houston is a blue part of Texas that votes Democratic. The tiny counties uh, in the rest of, you know, tiny far-off rural counties that vote Republican, if there's one ballot drop-off, it's not a problem because there's no traffic. And yeah. People tend to go there. They want to cut down on the amount of time for early voting, um, which generally helps people that are lower wage that maybe can't get a day off on Tuesday to go vote and stand in line for a couple hours to vote. So mm -hmm. they would like to vote on a weekend before or some other day, or they'd like to vote at 6.30 at night uh, the week before instead of exactly on election day okay and you know most voting most nonpartisan voting experts say the effect of these bills if they passed would be to make it harder for people who would vote for democrats to vote than it does for people who would vote for republicans how do you predict this will turn out well the governor of texas uh if he's still alive after he survives COVID, no. uh, has said he's just going to keep calling special sessions until they pass these bills. So either either almost all of the Democrats never show up, which which doesn't help them because when you're running as a representative, you kind of need to be able to say, "I'm going to go vote on things." You know, they can't never show up. They can't never go do what they're supposed to do. But uh, they might hold it off some number of months and uh, they might manage to bring enough visibility to what Texas is trying to pass to cause Congress to pass some national laws, which is probably the real answer mm -hmm. to ensure that people across the country can have equal abilities to vote. Well, let's move out, move on to Snafu in Afghanistan. Now, Snafu, you earlier said, perhaps is that the right word? What will you call it? Well, I mean, Snafu is situation normal, all fucked up. I don't know if it was really ever normal. It, Snafu to me is a small bureaucratic blip. Afghanistan is a 20-year almost disaster for a lot of people so for those viewers who don't understand what's going on uh the u.s military left afghanistan not yet they're in the process practically immediately even before left then um, well, the taliban retook the country but two years ago the administration of the former guy brought the taliban to washington 
to Camp David and they hammered out an agreement where the U.S. and the Taliban agreed that the U.S. was going to remove all troops from Afghanistan by May 1st of 2021. Okay. Notice that's about four or five months ago. That's in the past. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then after they came to this agreement with the Taliban, uh, the U.S. administration went back to the government of Afghanistan, which we are, in theory, allied with, who we hadn't bothered to invite to the negotiation. Okay. Said, we talked to the Taliban, and they promised they're going to be good, (laughs) and they're not going to take over the moment we leave. Uh, And then the government of Afghanistan said, don't take this the wrong way, but we have a lot of history with the Taliban and we think they lied to you and in (laughs) fact are going to take over the moment you leave. Uh Um, Almost all real foreign policy experts figured that the current government of Afghanistan was going to lose control of significant parts of Afghanistan within the next three to nine months. Um, I mean, the the current government really didn't have control of large parts of Afghanistan before the last two weeks. They de facto were under Taliban control. Mm. Um, But uh, it is a bit surprising to a lot of people, uh, not terribly to me. But to a lot of people, how quickly the Taliban was able to just roll back in and reassert control. Did Afghanistan have their own military? Uh, there were there there were government troops. Were they outnumbered? Uh, they were probably not outnumbered, but uh, I mean the other thing about the Afghan government uh, for a long time. Uh, and probably for a long time into the future is it's kind of corrupt. Mm. Like a lot of, uh, you know, the president was almost, president in theory was elected, but there wasn't a real election. You know, they just kind of agreed that this guy will be president, even though we can't vote for him. And, you know, the current rumors are he fled the country with six figures worth of dollars in cash and lots of other people were very likely skimming money off of foreign aid and lots of other things. So, I mean, the it's not like a lot of people are that thrilled with the government that's there. Hmm. And the Taliban has was there willing to try to take control. And a lot of people didn't have confidence in the government that was there. So what do we care Who's in charge? Um, the Taliban. The Taliban know who's in the army, and they know where the people in the army live and where the people in the army's families live. And you know, if you are in a far-off government post with maybe forty or fifty soldiers, and the Taliban show up and they have a bunch of guns, and they're like, "Well, we can kill a lot of people and you can kill a lot of us and a lot of your family will be dead. And some of our, you know, will be dead. Our families aren't here. So, uh, or you can just join the Taliban and your job will be almost exactly the same, which is you'll be in the army of the country of Afghanistan 
and then you'll be alive and your family will be alive and we'll be alive. And so there wasn't really much fighting. It sounds like there was Taliban not just walked in fighting. Uh-huh. There was some fighting. You know, people are dead on both sides. Now, when we, the United States, attacked Afghanistan, like I was in my 20s, long, long, long time ago. 2002, um, 2003. Yep. Yeah. Um, was the Taliban running the country then? Uh, they were running the country. Uh, we largely pushed them uh, south and east, I think, into the hills in Pakistan and the mm-hmm. mountains in Afghanistan. Why did we attack Afghanistan? Uh, Al-Qaeda, which was the terrorist organization run by uh, Osama bin Laden, uh, had training camps in Afghanistan. And at that time, most of the leadership uh, of Al-Qaeda was in Afghanistan. Okay. And the Taliban knew Al-Qaeda was there. And... Um, you know, and so provided some support to them because the Taliban is a pretty far, is a pretty, pretty strict uh, Islamic religious group. Mm-hmm. And Al Qaeda is nominally a strict Islamic group trying to bring about a worldwide caliphate. So their interests aligned. But we attacked Afghanistan because Al Qaeda was there. Okay. And then after we pushed the Taliban out, uh, the Taliban kind of said, hey, we'd be willing to give you Al-Qaeda. And we, George Bush at the time, turned them down and said, no, we're going to get Al-Qaeda whether you give them to us or not. And that was followed by 18 years of Hmm. bloodshed between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and the U.S. military and the other governments of Afghanistan. Do the people of Afghanistan like the Taliban or not? Um, Some of them probably like the Taliban. Some of them don't like the Taliban. Um, It, you know, like America, we have more, we have people that are fairly religious and we have people that are not terribly religious and we have Mm -hmm. a variety of sects of religious and some of them are worse than others of them. Uh, I think it's probably the case that 30 or 40% of the country of Afghanistan, in some sense, supports the Taliban. You know, back in the early 2000s, the Taliban, before the 2000s, right, the Taliban, in some sense, came to power because they were less corrupt than the existing governments. No. Um, You know, they pushed over a government that the Russians had set up, which was stunningly somewhat corrupt. Has the Taliban promised to be less terrible? They have promised to be less terrible. In what ways are they less terrible? Uh, I think in the negotiations, they promised to support terrorists less and to allow girls to go to school more and a couple other things. Time will tell. So it appears at this point um, improbable that the Afghan government will be restored and Taliban is now the new I government. I think it is unlikely that the Afghan government from a month ago will be restored. I mean, the people of Afghanistan could get tired of the Taliban. I mean, there certainly are some of them that are not, that were not happy under Taliban rule. You know, women mm-hmm. are, have considerably less freedom 
for the last 20 years or so, a lot of girls have managed to go to school that previously were unable to go to school because the Taliban did not have schools uh, for girls uh, after a very young age. And it's likely across much of the country that that will resume. But time will tell. I mean, the governments of the world are maybe a little more likely to push back uh, against the Taliban with sanctions and other things than they used to. So presently, the U.S. troops are there to get Americans out of the country safely. Uh, I think that's really one of the last few things. I mean, there's an embassy that mm -hmm. uh, U.S. troops will be protecting. Will the embassy stay open? Or do you think they're going to close it down? As of a couple weeks ago, we had said the U.S. embassy would remain open, but Things I look different don't now. know if that's going to remain true or not. Uh, I'm sure the U.S. government would want lots of assurances that the U.S. embassy would be protected. Mm -hmm. and they might not be willing to settle for the assurances they're able to get. And it's uncertain. The U.S. does not recognize the Taliban as the government of Afghanistan. So who is, is the embassy there to have a diplomat with. Is that where like Americans would go to get their passport renewed? Or if they lost their passport, they'd get uh, fixed there? I think there? it is much more likely that that is where you would go uh, to get a visa uh, mm -hmm. to emigrate to America. But if you were an American in Afghanistan and you had an issue with your passport, then yes, the embassy would be the place you would go. You know, that isn't what embassies are that isn't the first purpose of embassies. The first purpose of embassies is it's where the ambassador lives and the ambassador yeah. is supposed to go deal with the government. Imagine the danger pay you'd get if you're ambassador to Afghanistan. I'm not sure if we give ambassadors hazard pay. Well, you know, they, they can't be paid more than the president because that's the law. So that sets an upper limit of $400,000. How do you predict things will unfold in Afghanistan? I think it is going to go poorly for quite a number of years. I think the U.S. will manage to evacuate a large number of Americans and people that were working with uh, the U.S. government or uh, the Afghani, the former government forces out of the country to other countries. Uh, we might have a little more trouble with some of the NGOs and other people there. I don't think we will have much ability to make life better for the women and children and non-Muslim uh, residents in mm -hmm. the country. We weren't doing great before, but we were doing something. Uh -huh. I think it was a mistake for the U.S. to leave, or do we have to, at one point, get out of there? I think we should have left Afghanistan a long time ago because because U.S. troops can't impose. You can't. I don't think we were succeeding in imposing a liberal democracy on citizens of another country. I'm not sure if they bought into the vision that America thought they should buy into, and I think 
our presence there enabled a lot of corruption that just we would never get past. And therefore, the people that were there did not share our goals and they did not trust that we were, their vision wasn't our vision in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. We couldn't change that. We, we picked a day to leave and we pushed it back by four or five months, but you know, three presidents have all largely said, we're not sure what we're doing in Afghanistan. And one mm -hmm. of them finally said, well then let's stop doing it. Yeah. Instead of spending billions of dollars to prop up countries that don't seem to want to be propped up. Right. Okay, well, that's all done we have for today. Sure. Come see us next month for a whole bunch of new topics. They, they can't come see us next month, I don't think. Who? To watch us on YouTube again. Bye, John. Bye, Keith. I hope I'll see you again soon, one day. Yeah, one of these days. All right. I forgot how we end the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. I think we're in the wrong hand, bro. Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I usually cut the point out. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've been doing that for no reason whatsoever? <laughs>